Hello and welcome to Shoot the Hostage. I'm Dan. And I'm Sarah. We're a movie show that delves into a different film each week based around a theme. This season the theme is criminals. Like all good podcasts, this show contains explicit language and mature content, as well as major spoilers for the movie we're covering. episode we are today we're talking about don't breath don't breathe i've written down don't breath <laughs> so you're just going with it are you <laughs> yeah i forgot the e <laughs> and then i wrote it and I, I didn't even realize it till we were talking just now and i was like oh yeah because i was joking about it calling it don't breath and i looked at my notes so like, oh i've actually spelled it that way <laughs> what an idiot that reminds me of the time i was in primary school and uh, we were learning about the nativity story and my teacher said under no circumstances do you write gold frankenstein and myrrh so i was sat there going don't write frankenstein don't write ah i've written frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> for it took me a minute there for a minute i was going why can't you write gold frankenstein and myrrh <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't one of the gifts no Dan. frankenstein's the monster mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of your picks don't oh. breath it's one of yours yes one of your suggestions, and it's a yeah. horror. Yeah. So it's in your this is wheelhouse. Very much in my wheelhouse. Mm. Yeah. So 2016, mm-hmm. director and writer Freddy Alvarez. Yep. I know him from Evil Dead 2013. Yep, me too. He directed a dragon tattoo. Oh, yeah. The one with um, Claire Foy. Okay. Claire Foy took over from Numi Rapace, I believe. Mm, okay. Or, no, would it have been Rooney Mara? Or were they all girls with dragon tattoos? Yeah. <laughs> Rooney Mara was in the Fincher remake, English language remake. Oh, I saw that one. That's the only one I've seen, I think. Right. Okay. The originals boring. are great. We're getting sidetracked now. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he did a dragon tattoo film mm-hmm. in development. I've written down, my spelling is atrocious, uh, I wrote down, he's developing alien Romules, but I'm assuming that that's meant to read alien Romulus, <laughs> because Romulus sounds like a spacey type word. Romules. Romules. R-O-M-U-L-S. Romules. That sounds like some sort of parasite you might get. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not- got a bad case of the Romules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what the alien is called. Maybe. What does Romulus even mean? I just, that baby in it, Romulus and Remus, they got pushed down a a river. Is that that, that the river babies? I have not got a clue. That's a Bible one, isn't it? Um, Bible tale. It's not ringing a bell, maybe. We're getting way off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so in development, alien Romulus, which I'm quite excited about. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I I mean, last couple of alien films, yeah, fine, not great. But if he's doing it, yeah, I think I could get on board with that. And it's also got the the dude from Raya Lane in it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's planning to come out 2024, I want to say. But this one, produced by Sam Raimi, Don't Breathe. So there's like a Raimi connection there. You obviously bought Freddy on for Evil yeah, Dead. Yeah, Raimi produced the remake, didn't he? Remake? Reboot? Yeah. What are we calling it? Requel? Because Ugh. technically it's a sequel because yeah. Ash is at the end of it, at the end of the credits. I mean, they've made the same movie three times now. Yes, <laughs> they have. And I'll watch every single one they make, to be honest. Yeah, I was a big fan of the 2013 one. Mm, yeah, and the new one was pretty good as well. The new I enjoyed one was that okay, too. yeah. Nice and short, this one, 89 minutes long. Yeah, breezy. Yeah, 
Should we? Do you want to talk about cast, or do you want to do a synopsis first? Um, I can do the synopsis because I'll be over in about ten seconds flat. It's the <laughs> shortest synopsis known to man, which I'm fine with. So, back of the DVD says, "From the twisted minds behind Evil Dead comes a new terrifying experience." Three young thieves fight for their lives after breaking into the home of a blind man who has a dark side. I thought you were going to say who has a dog. Because he ha- <laughs> also has a dog and, and a, a dark, dark side. <laughs> and does the dog have a dark side? Oh, the dog has a dark side. The dog's a little shit. I mean... But only because he's a little shit. Yeah. Little shit might be, I don't know, some more severe words might be Yeah. <laughs> uh, appropriate for the blind man. Did you know? Do you know his real name? The blind man? Yeah. A character name? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. His name's Norman. Norman? Yeah. He doesn't look like a Norman. It doesn't, look, it doesn't sound that threatening, so I can understand why they just refer to him as the blind man. But from this point on, I'm going to refer to him only as Norman. Okay. <laughs> I guess I will too, to avoid confusion. <laughs> so playing Norm. Slang. <laughs> slang, yeah. <laughs> S. Lang, Stephen Lang. I Looked on Letterboxd, he's got uh, 112 movies listed on there. I think 80% of them are Avatar movies. Right, yeah. (laughs) 80% of the running time, at least. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so he's done a lot. He's Yeah, busy man. Jane Levy. Yep. As Rocky. Mm -hmm. She was in the Evil Dead movie, which we spoke about a bit earlier. Office Uprising. Mm -hmm. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. Dylan Minnette. Yes. As Alex. He was apparently in Disaster Artist. We watched that recently and I don't remember that. I don't remember him in that either. There's a lot of people in that movie though. Yeah, everybody's in that film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oh, I think he's best known for controversial Netflix show 13 Reasons Why. Is that I don't want to be alive in this world anymore? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Bad joke. <laughs> I have to cut that out. Um, Daniel Zavato, Money. He was called. Yeah, he's in It Follows. He is. Yeah, Ooh, Lady Bird. <laughs> is that? Are you saying he was in the film Lady Bird? I guess so, because there's also a Lady Bird in this movie. So maybe yeah. I was getting confused. <laughs> um, the Pope's Exorcist. Oh, uh, is yeah. that the Russell Crowe one where he's a pope or something? Yes. Well, I I haven't seen it, so I I can't really comment. But it looked pony. <laughs> I think that's the movie where he exercises demons out of human bodies and rides a little moped. Right. Okay. Sounds great. It yeah. does sound great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's a home invasion movie with it a is, twist, yeah. isn't it? Um. Yeah. Because we're, I would say so. We're introduced to the people. We're actually rooting for the invaders in this movie. Are right? we? We're supposed to. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. I don't think there's anyone worth rooting for in this film. I agree. The main character, Rocky, mm-hmm. we, we, we know, we learn more about her than anybody else. Yeah, she's got like a shitty home life. She's yeah. probably the most sympathetic. Yeah, we have that scene where she saves her little sister because I guess we're meant to be rooting for her after having seen that scene because we see her living situation, as you see in her whole goal is to get her sister out of that situation so that's the character moment we're meant to go oh yeah that's who we're rooting for here i mean i'm rooting for the little sister yeah but it's difficult because after that point she just makes a series of decisions i'm just like "Mm, no like what what are you playing at what are you doing i mean i don't know this isn't a film with a huge amount of nuance i don't think 
so it's difficult to say. The characters are not the most well-developed because that's not really what the story's about. No. But yeah, I agree. I guess we are supposed to be rooting for Rocky at the very least, I at a minimum. So. I think so. And I, like you say, it's it's a short 89-minute kind of, it's about the ride. It's about yeah, the it's, feel and the mood of it. It's not a character piece, really. No, but you get... You get that small piece from her. So I guess what I'm just saying is that we're meant to be behind her. And they basically, they identify this house, don't they? Because mm-hmm. it's, is it Alex who, who's, whose dad works for a security firm? And they I believe kind of, so, That's yeah. how they find their marks. They've done their research on this one because there was an article in the paper about the blind man's daughter having been killed in a car wreck. Right. And he, it was reported in the news that he got a giant settlement mm. so that the daughter of the wealthy family didn't have to go to jail. Yeah. Uh, for vehicular manslaughter, I guess. Um, so yeah, they're banking on the fact that the money is, that's no pun intended, but they're banking on the fact that the money is in the house. And not in a bank. And not in a bank. Yeah, which yeah. I would bank on it being in a bank. I would have made the assumption that it was not in the house. That's such a leap. Again, I, I don't want to criticize it too much because it's a different kind of film than we've covered so far. And horror is my bag, so I'm a little bit more willing to forgive yeah. the not plot holes as such, but things that don't necessarily make sense or... Yeah, you logically, you, you, do, you sometimes you just want to take the logic out of it and yeah, enjoy like, a movie for what it is. It does enough. Mm-hmm. And there are these sort of questions where you go, really, like this and that? But there's a lot of movies like that that you just need to kind of switch your brain off and just yeah. consume and just enjoy. But unfortunately, we've got to talk about it for an hour <laughs> on the podcast. So what do you think the turkey based are full of jizz meant? Oh, good Lord. We're not there yet. <laughs> no, no, I know. Oh, my God. That's a little sizzle, isn't it? It's a little teaser for what, what's coming up in this episode. Warn me when you're going to talk <laughs> like that. Jesus. So we get minimal character development up top. Yeah. First 15 minutes, I guess, is introductions. And then it's essentially a single location after that point because it's just... Yeah, I think they, they kind of purposely paint the blind man as being quite sympathetic because we, we haven't Initially. met him at all at that point. Yeah beyond that very opening gambit of him dragging a woman down the street. Yeah. And obviously the entire film is just, how did we get here? Yes. And I I guess the fact that we don't know much about him is to feed into the tension. Yeah. Because you hear like blind man, dead daughter, and already you're kind of like, oh, you know, that's way, that's kind of, as humans, automatically that would be where our sympathy lies. Yeah. Man with a disability, ex-veteran, dead daughter, like yeah. without having met him, the few nuggets of information we get paint him as quite sympathetic. So it's interesting that they turn that on its head. I mean, yeah. they had to, because otherwise there wouldn't have been a film. Yeah. I think it's I think it was a good move that we don't meet him until sort of a third into the film yeah it's i think it's about 15 20 minutes when they break in they drug the dog they throw a hot dog over the fence (laughs) and they drug him yeah um (laughs) that that piece of hot dog was a cgi hot dog no it was (laughs) it was no it was (laughs) it was it was apparently one of two two bits of cgi Uh, the rest of it's practical i guess it just probably had trouble getting it to land in the right spot for the camera and stuff i don't know but the dog ran after it what was the dog the, the, the dog didn't eat cgi 
I feel like I'm being sold down a river. You don't know that. Well, <laughs> maybe I, I watched the uh, commentary and Alvarez was saying it's a CGI hot dog, but maybe he was just trolling all of this. I don't know. There's some stuff in the trivia that sounds hella fake as well. So maybe he's just like a really good troll because yeah. I did read somewhere that apparently the director plays the viola in, on the soundtrack. What's a viola? It's um, it like a violin. It's a string instrument, yeah. Okay. But that sounds so made up. <laughs> it does sound a bit made up, yeah. Yeah, so so essentially once they get in the house, they're there for the duration of the movie now. They're, you get that interesting one shot as they're coming into the building and it sets out everything. I think that's my favourite part of the film. It's my favourite scene easily. Yeah. Because it's very clever and mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of... It's very well done. It's super smooth and you get to know where everything is mm-hmm. and everything that it focuses on is something that reappears later, like the skylight, they're taking their shoes off, the burglar alarm. Um, Chekhov's it, stinky feet yes. comes back to bite them. <laughs> and it very subtly just moves past the basement door with, yeah. the, with the bolt on. It doesn't really focus on that. Everything else it focuses on, but it just sort of moves past that. Uh, and the tool room and the cupboard mm-hmm. where the safe is. It just and it it's very clever because it tells you everything that's coming through the film. So it kind of pays off when those things reappear down the line. But also it's letting you know where everything is, the geography yeah. of the house. Yeah, I, I it's really, really clever. Appreciate that we get a really solid idea of the layout. Yeah, straight out of the gate. And obviously, it's just really nice to see technical shots like that where mm. you know the setup that went into it had to be planned within an inch of its life yeah i really appreciate stuff like that i mean there may have been cuts i don't know if it was like one an actual long tracking shot or if they hid yeah. cuts in there but it was pretty well done i watched it again today and i didn't notice there wasn't anything obvious where i could see a cut so okay. i think it might have been a genuine one i think it was about three minutes yeah but yeah, so that lets you know where everything is, which is great because in this sort of movie, obviously, well, eventually they're going to get found by the blind man. Not before trying to put him to sleep. There's a few um, scenes that we've kind of omitted. We get a little bit more, not backstory so much, but a bit more information about who these people are. They're criminals. They're criminals. That's why we're covering it. Big time crims. Bad um, boys. Well, they're not very successful criminals. They're they're petty thieves really mm. money which is just the worst I, I i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that this guy gave himself that nickname yeah because he seems like that type of loser that he would watched, give assign himself yeah. a shit nickname he watched swingers and was like i'm just gonna try and make this nickname <laughs> oh, work for me he definitely has a, a few freestyle raps on soundcloud <laughs> yeah but yeah he he just is painted as this turbo asshole yeah not only breaking into people's homes, but like pissing on the floor and stuff, which, you know, DNA. <laughs> you need to get DNA from piss. Oh, well, that was, that's my question. Oh, I assume you can. It seems uh, not the wisest move. Also, just gross, man. Gross. Poor hygiene. You're already there to rob the poor man. <laughs> and, and he's blind as well. Like, the trans is just going to tread in that piss. Oh. I, I mean, there are worse bodily fluids on display in this film. True. Another, <laughs> so, t- another teaser there. Yeah. How do you feel about the setting? Because, I mean, th- mm. there's quite a few horror films now that have been set in Detroit. Although it wasn't yeah. filmed in Detroit, was it? It was. Some of it was filmed in, 
I want to say Budapest. Oh yeah, Eastern Europe somewhere, yeah. I believe. I mean, that's a stand-in for a lot of a lot of places these days because yeah. it's so cheap to film there. I think some of it was filmed in Detroit. Was it? Obviously, some of the overheads. I think. Right. I believe the majority was filmed in Budapest. But yeah, like in the past decade, a couple that spring to mind are obviously it follows. Second time that's been name checked. Oh, is that in Detroit? That's in Detroit. Oh, okay. Um, Barbarian as well. Mm. So, like, how do you how do you feel about Detroit as a setting? It obviously is kind of atmospheric enough yeah. for people to keep choosing to set horror films there. Yeah. Um, Only Lovers Left Alive comes to mind as well. Okay. That was set in Detroit. I think it's, it's, it's in Robocop. Let's not forget Robocop. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a good way to kind of add some context, I think, to your film, isn't it? It's got a kind of grittiness it's, about it. Yeah. It's got a, grittiness obviously there was there was a, a lot of business and money flowing through there at one time and now it's a bit dilapidated and run down so it gives you like a story so mm. it's, it's kind of it doesn't surprise me that a lot of horror films kind of use that as a setting I, I like it as a setting I think it works yeah I think the the thing that's quite frightening about it I think the reason primarily that it works in this genre is Whenever it's presented, I've never been to Detroit. I don't actually know if the representations of it in film are 100% accurate. Probably not. No. But I think the thing that scares me the most is whenever you see it on film, it's not just that it's dilapidated and, I mean, probably on the cusp of gentrification any day now, but it's that it seems barren. Mm. There's almost no life there it's not just like the buildings that are decaying it's that there's a lack of people on the streets and the bit you know it just seems empty Mm, that's a good point yeah that's probably a really good reason another really good reason to set horrors there because there's all manner of firearms going off in this movie and people Mm. falling through skylights and dogs barking and chasing people if there was any neighbors they would have heard all of that so I guess to have something have something set where something's somewhat abandoned, then that kind of gives you that out, like, you know, the equivalent of saying, I've got no cell phone reception. Nobody lives around here. Nobody's going to get wind of all of this nonsense that's going, all of these, these crimes and loud noises we're making. If a blind man in Detroit has his house broken into and robbed, but there's no one around to hear it, did it happen? Oh, I thought he was going to say there was no one around to see it. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, one thing that I did clock this time around is that um, I can't remember the exact street name, but it's like Buena Vista Road or Buena Vista Street or something. Yeah. Um, and it suddenly occurred to me that my limited knowledge of Spanish, it means good view, which is the most ironic street for a blind man to live on. Yeah. But I, it's a nice little detail. It's a nice detail. Some thought went into it. Yep. I respect that. Um. So they, they've tried to drug him. Mm-hmm. Which Unsuccessfully. Is, which is just complete fabrication. I, I, what did they do? What was it? <laughs> he put some powder into a liquid and then put a pen through the bottle. Yeah. And then this And then gas like a gas came out. Was meant but... to, I got the impression that he's maybe done this before and this is just like part of their plan. They didn't seem to... Once he'd come downstairs again, they were all just like, oh, well, we're just talking now and just making as much noise as we want because they assumed that the blind man, sorry, Norman, was passed <laughs> out in bed after him having been drugged. Yeah, I don't think this thing works, whatever it was. I think it was just a complete nonsense made-up thing. Well, I, I couldn't figure out if it's just that it wasn't effective or that it wasn't effective on Stephen oh, Lang because right. he's like, as we said, ex-military 
probably has now i don't know if this is a myth but i'm gonna go with it anyway because he's kind of missing his sight perhaps his hearing is heightened i think we're meant definitely meant to think that yeah i know that's the kind of i'm never sure if that's like an old wives tale I don't know either. No. Yeah. Um, but I get the impression, as you say, that's what we're supposed to think here. Yeah. So I, I wasn't sure if it was just that he was almost one step ahead because yeah. he heard something, didn't he? Or he thought he did. Yeah. Well, he was sitting up, he was in bed watching his uh, video of a child, which I guess is his kid. It'd be weird if it wasn't. Yeah. Um, still kind of weird. <laughs> um, I get I get the impression that this smoke bomb thing works in this world. But he just managed to evade it through, as you say, some kind of training, tactical training. Maybe he put a cloth over his face. Yeah. Or he's got a gas mask or something. Or maybe he's know. just a double-eyed bastard. Yeah. Because he kind of sits up, doesn't he? And then that's when we're like, oop! Yeah. He knows they're there. Mm-hmm. So they just sort of go on about their business and uh, and try to rob him, basically. Yeah. They're on the rob. <laughs> but he comes down and interferes with their plans. Yeah. And that's when it just it just sort of goes nuts after that point, doesn't it? Yes. Um, yes and no. I wouldn't say this film ever goes nuts. Really? Apart, well, there's a, there's one scene in particular <laughs> where it goes very it out of left goes field. Quite literally, it goes nuts. Ugh, less said about that, the better. Um, We're going to talk about the jizz. We are, yeah, I know. I know. I just want to put it off for as long as I possibly can. Ugh. Yeah. So... At this point, money doesn't fare too well. And I can honestly say I've never been so happy to see a fictional character get a bullet in the face yeah. since uh, Marsha Gay Harden in The Mist. It was quite a satisfying death because he was awful. Yeah, he was a pain in the He was ass. a piece of shit. He, he kind of had a bit of redemption when when Norman said, how many of you are there? And he said it was just him. Like in so. that moment, I did wonder how, where they were going to go with this character. So although he was off and I didn't really care for him, he did kind of have a, a little bit of redemption in the end, which was totally useless. So money has served his purpose. Mm. He tries to redeem himself, as you say doesn't really work because norman i nearly said the blind guy but i'm mm. gonna go i'm gonna roll with it norman. <laughs> norman is he credits is he in the credits as norman is this Fetty alvarez trolling again maybe maybe he's just not got a name yeah he's norm on imdb i believe right okay so norman yeah it doesn't take him too long to figure out that there are other people in the house mm. and it's as we said they're stinky feet that give them away yeah isn't it is it well, I know you've said that and I've just been agreeing, but I don't remember that at all. So, I know that he finds the shoes later. Yeah. He's like, oh, shoe, extra shoes. Mm-hmm. Extra shoes means extra people. Yeah. But yeah. stinky feet is a factor, you say. Well, I think he could smell them, yeah. Like oh. he was, I can only assume they all have ripe feet. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I quite like moments like that, though, because it's stuff that you wouldn't necessarily, as somebody with all your five senses, wouldn't necessarily consider, I guess. Like, until one of your senses is gone and you have to rely on the other four. I don't know. I find that quite interesting. Mm. But then, so let's take a second, let's take a beat to talk about this. I I haven't seen much pushback online, but I'd be surprised if there wasn't any. It's always a little bit of a touchy subject when films, particularly horror, feature antagonists that have disabilities because a lot of people kind of see it as being ableist and a bit reductive and just like, oh, they're, they're bad because they're different kind of thing it's it's seen as sort of 
turning normal people into monsters just because they have a physical difference. And that's right. generally frowned upon, obviously. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that representation in this film particularly? Well, I'm not really the person to ask. However, um, I don't think well, it matters. You, you're in, the only person here, so that's true. I could ask the cats. But. I don't think it matters in Don't Breathe because he's just a horrible person. I think something like maybe Lawnmower Man, maybe it's a bit much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fine here. It's someone that's lost their sight, and it's not really. Um, you think it's, it's? I mean, it's it's not incidental because it's a huge plot point, but it's not his difference that makes him bad. Is that what you're kind of saying? I guess so. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Like he's he's shown as this incredibly capable force of nature, scary figure. Despite, but imagine what he was like when he had his sight. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you think? Um, honestly, I don't really have a definitive opinion on it. It's something that I it has been kind of percolating for the last few days since we watched the film. Yeah. And again, like most films we consume, we don't do it with a view to dissect them on a podcast. So it's only when we come, mm. like, because I've seen this a few times now, and it's only when we come to watch things and make notes on them and do research that I end up kind of being a little bit more hypercritical. Yeah, of course. So it's not something that had occurred to me even until this rewatch. Mm. I don't know. It does sometimes make me feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I think the crux of the film is that they are in an unfamiliar place. And although he has a physical disability, he's still able to best them. Yeah. he's at Almost every turn. He's way more skilled than them. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I hadn't thought about it at all, actually. Okay. Um, I know I, I've never even I've never even heard that criticism laid on film. But I'm, you know, you're way more internet than I am. So you, <laughs> chronically you, online, you, you hear these things a lot more than I do. But yeah, um, and I can't think of any other examples now. For some reason, Lawman Man was the one and only one that <laughs> came to mind. I think about that movie way too often, though. Yeah. He has got a lot of framed photos in his house for a blind dude. I will say that they're in Braille. Yeah, there's, he's got a collection of photographs. I wonder how long he, that character is meant to have been blind for. I'm guessing for a while because he's he's getting on in years and I don't know what time people usually leave the army, but it sounds like, because um, they say at one point, wasn't it like shrapnel? Oh, did they? I, I missed that. I'm pretty confident okay. they say like grenade right. shrapnel or something. So maybe like an, like an Iraq thing. Yeah, potentially. Maybe Desert Storm, something. And that was likely why he was discharged. And so that could have been an early discharge yeah. in which case he could have been blind for decades okay you said the word discharge and it's just making me think oh of the, no the, the turkey baster again Stop it. Oh, okay. <laughs> i had to get that out Fine. i had to get it out because my head was just going blah, 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 blah. right well you clearly want to talk about this scene so we don't have to get to do it, it. Yet. we don't have to get to it yeah we were talking about the blind man we do we do have to talk about it because i think up until this scene it is still very possible to kind of be rooting for that guy. I don't... He's shot a man in the face. I, I, I'm not... Yeah, but his home was invaded. That's not unusual. Agreed. But by the time he'd got hold of money, money was like... He was giving up then. He was like, please don't kill me. Maybe not so many words, but he was done. Like, he could have just thrown him on the floor, get the fuck out of my house. But he no, he's, because of what he knows he's got, he doesn't know what they've seen. Because up to that point, he doesn't know if they've... Being downstairs, right? When no. he kills money. Mm-hmm. After he's made his first kill, I'm not 
rooting for him any longer. Oh, I can't. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, but like, and if like there's someone breaks into your house and you've got no other option, then do it. But I would probably, if I had to shoot someone, maybe I'd go for the leg first and not just blow it. Well, he is blind, but he knows. Yeah. He knows exactly where his head is. He knows. Oh yeah, head. and I'm sure he knows his way around a firearm or two. He's murdered someone. No, yeah. no way. I'm rooting for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. It's formidable force, and it's, 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 you see it m- most when they're running around in the basement in, mm-hmm. the, in the dark. He knows the layout. He's running along and spinning that little fan thing and tapping the the rafter bit, oh, which yeah. I really liked. Actually, do you know what? I think that might be my other favorite favorite scene. It's really well done. Yeah. Apparently, all three of the cast members had contact lenses in. Yeah. For okay. this, I don't know if you read anything about that. So slang. Mm. obviously wore contact lenses throughout the film ironically greatly restricted his vision (laughs) especially in low light but the others like jane levy and dylan minette also wore lenses during that scene that took place entirely in the dark to make them look like their pupils were dilated basically so yeah all three of them were legitimately stumbling around (laughs) during that scene it looked really good as well it did it it looked a bit otherworldly yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess closest comparison is like the night vision cam in like Wreck, the end of Wreck. Oh, That's yeah. what it okay. made me think of. Right. I, I there's It's often a criticism of horror films that a lot of scenes are too dark to discern what's going on. Yeah. How do you feel about it in this scenario? Because it kind of it's, has to be. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's dark, but everything that you need to see is lit. So, yeah. you know, it's the problem is in dimly lit films is when the things that you need to see are not lit Mm -hmm. that's when i have a problem with it i think it's pretty well done as well because i think they um they do quite a good job of making it seem genuine like not artificial i guess is what i'm trying to say when he cuts the power to sort of put them a level playing field you can still see things going on in the house but that's largely because like the curtains are open and there's moonlight streaming in or Mm. street lights that kind of thing and it looks real I yeah. guess it doesn't look like stage lighting or whatever. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's made to look like natural kind of lighting. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I would argue that when he shuts those lights off that he's got a huge advantage because they're in his world now. And yeah. he knows exactly where everything is. Mm-hmm. They can't see. They're kind of trying to feel their way around and they manage to escape by throwing a, a rack of racking. A rack of a, racking, yeah. A racking, yeah. They, <laughs> they push a racking on him and he gets trapped and then they run away a bit. But they don't leave. They refuse to leave. Do they try? Don't, isn't isn't that where they've discovered like he's basically locked them in? Well, or does did... she go back for the money? Because obviously at this point she's taken the money out of the safe, it's in her backpack. And then what happens? They go to the basement, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that's, there more that's money the, the scene in the basement when the lights are out. So have they found old mate chained up? Yeah, they've seen her at that point. Okay. They have the conversation about what to do. Okay. I think my mind is completely muddled up, muddled up on sequence of scenes. So okay. I, I might need some some help here. Mm-hmm. So where are we now? <laughs> we've, we've escaped <laughs> the darkness. Yeah. And now we're where? Well, they get separated. Yeah. There's... Oh, yes. I remember now because she's crawling through the crawl space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could not pay me to get in a crawl space. Although... That is probably one of the only laughs during this film. What when she gets pulled back? When she's in the crawl space yeah. and she's like, oh, "I can breathe now. I'm yeah. fine. He can't follow me." And then she realizes the dogs come in the crawl space behind her. Yeah, but she almost makes it to an opening. 
mm-hmm. on the outside, which yep. is like a big drop. Like she would have definitely broken something if she had gotten out. And well, then- she does fall though, doesn't she? Because she gets knocked out. I don't remember this movie. But she's still in- watched this ages ago. Yeah. Maybe I've forgotten <laughs> it all now. I didn't think she did. She's yeah. in the crawl space and she falls and she lands really awkwardly. Oh, and yeah, she falls within out. the crawl space. Yeah, yeah, but she's she eventually reaches like a window, right? She or like you get you see an external shot mm-hmm. of where like there's an opening, but before she can get there, she gets pulled back in by Norman. Yeah, and I think that's when Alex goes back in to right. to save her because uh, she she was unwilling to leave the backpack. Um, when um, Norman pulls her back in, that mm-hmm. is the second part of CGI. His hand is CGI. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Did they explain? Alvarez said that they just didn't get the shot, basically. They fixed it in post, I think is what they say. Okay. That's interesting. So did they like CGI over what was actually there or did they just have to reconstruct it completely? I've got no idea how that stuff works. That's fascinating because I wouldn't have clocked it. No, I wouldn't. And it's it's very quick. I yeah. think that's probably why it works and it's fine. Like, it's the correct way to use CGI. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It, it's not important. But yeah, he wanted to shoot as much as... He wanted to shoot it all practically. There's just a couple of things that logistically made a bit more sense. And obviously that one got them out of the hole. Yeah. Um. So we can't avoid it any longer, can we? We have to talk about it. Yeah. So they, they, they figure out his secret, what he's been keeping in the basement. And mm-hmm. it's the young woman that killed his daughter is chained up yeah in the basement on a bed i have a small issue with this just a small (laughs) okay (laughs) well no i i have a small issue with the plot in terms of this because they are shown to be googling him at the start of the film we see uh like online articles about the car accident and the settlement and they find his address yeah but in nowhere do they find an article about an insanely wealthy girl who's gone missing. Mm. Like that would have... No? Well, I don't know. Would you put those two things together? Like, Yeah. Because they're, they're only I'm researching sure... him. They're not researching anyone else. I guess so, but... They would I'm find not... it if they went looking for it. But I don't think necessarily that they would be reading an article about him and it would be like there'd be a link with her name in the article. I don't know, man. News articles do work that way. Related. Like, <laughs> have you read this I, I wouldn't find that out because i'm not that meticulous with those sorts of things you probably would because well you enjoy all of that true crime stuff so you'd probably go on a rabbit hole and find out every single thing about this person <laughs> don't give my secrets away mm. so yeah so we're in the basement now and this is um, main plot time main story time this is what you're here for guys <sighs> is it <laughs> yeah so we find out that he's got her chained up and basically because she killed his daughter, mm-hmm. he is demanding a replacement human child. He wants child. a do-over, which is yeah. not really how that works. So he's been, so he's got her chained up and within some kind of harness system. It's horrifying. It is. It's horrible, yeah. And he's got a load of old um, semen just... Just chilling in the fridge. A load of old semen. A load of old semen, yeah. And as you, you up, somehow made it sound worse. He's got a big old gloop of jizz <laughs> with some pube in it. Oh, God. Yeah, I read something mm. about that. Apparently, they they intentionally placed mm. um, one of the crew members' hairs in it because they wanted it to look hyper-realistic. Oh, God. I think there <laughs> might be something awful. wrong with Fede Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Genuinely. Who thinks up this story? Yeah. But um, in the 
during I was going to say during the excitement. It's not really, it's completely the wrong word to use. During the um, the fighting, I guess the, the he finds that they're down there, and basically she gets accidentally killed. Right, the I don't know what her name is, but the young woman that's chained up, she gets killed by mm-hmm. Norman accidentally shot in the face. Yep. And he kind of blames Alex and Rocky for that, saying, you know, if you hadn't broken in, she would still be alive. I would argue if he hadn't chained her up and kidnapped her, she would also still be alive. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he wants uh, she was and she was pregnant, right? She was yeah, a couple she of months was, yeah, yeah. couple of months pregnant. Mm-hmm. He uh, he wants a replacement. So he's kind of he wants Rocky now to take her place and be a surrogate for his replacement Old daughter. Seaman. Yeah, <laughs> but he says to Rocky, he's like, "Don't worry, you know, just just give me a baby, just give me nine months, and then you can just then you can go, and it'll be fine." But he's not he's not letting her go, is he? Uh, look, the the manner with which he disposes of the dead woman. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. You could argue that like, oh, he's just planning for every eventuality. It's his military training. He's just, he's got a way out of every scenario. But to me, I don't know, my my read on that whole thing was he never intended for that woman to get out alive. Yeah. I, I think he didn't intend for that woman to get out alive. Maybe he's kind of lying to himself a little bit. Oh, he's convinced he himself knows. he's been he's been so wronged and he deserves this validation and not what's the word I'm looking for. He he thinks he fully believes that he's on the side of right in this scenario, I think. Yeah, he thinks he's within his rights to do what he's doing. Yeah. Which is a scary thought. Because there's the whole scene when he, when he um, hoists Jane Le- Levy's character yeah. up and he's kind of explaining to her and he uses the term, I'm not a rapist, which I have a huge issue with because yes, you are, sir. Yeah. Forcibly impregnating somebody, even with a turkey baster, is rape. Um, but he's obviously convinced himself that it's a lesser crime somehow and that he's, as you say, within his rights, perhaps... Oh, it's horrifying. He's, he's this de- is truly horrifying. He's delusional. Um, he doesn't think that he's in the wrong. He thinks that, you know, he's got to do this unpleasant thing, but that's really all he sees it as, as is a is a kind of like an unpleasant a means thing. to an end. Yeah. But and, what you're doing is destroying someone's life. Yeah. He doesn't see it that way. He sees like he's owed something. Well, also, I think he kind of perhaps views it as, well, these, these women are criminals. Like the first one. Yeah. Killed yeah. his daughter, whether that was an accident or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And the second one tried to rob him. So I think in his mind, he's just like, well, nobody, they won't be missed. Yeah, like a like a vigilante, but his secret weapon is a turkey baster full of. <laughs> oh God! Well, yeah, I mean, he like he sees his daughter as the true innocent in this scenario, and everybody else is just expendable. Yeah, which I can kind of see the. The mental gymnastics that somebody who's ex-military probably has PTSD, yeah. trauma of his daughter dying. Not that I am in any way, shape or form trying to excuse this character's no, behaviour. Because yeah. I'm not. But I can kind of see the logical leaps that he took to perhaps convince himself that it was okay. Yeah. And, and I think that is, they they do remarkably well in this film to, to walk that line because I mean, we haven't spoken about the sequel, but that's a whole different kettle of fish. Oh, that's it, repugnant. Yeah, the it fact really that they is. they go to such great lengths to turn the whole character on its head and actually make him sympathetic. Like, no, fuck off. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, we all know that 
he's the bad guy or he's the most bad guy in a, a movie about bad guys. Yeah. Um, but there is a slither of um, un- understanding on how someone can get to a place, not excusing behavior yeah. like it's, yeah. you shouldn't do that. Obviously, it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. However, if you can see, like you say, the leaps where that people get to where they are, that just kind of makes it a bit more interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously, I said earlier on in the show that this isn't a film with a great amount of nuance, but actually, no. in those terms, like it's it's fairly well written, I think, for what it is. Yeah, I think because it's quite stripped back and I think there are elements in there, like I think Lang does great. Um, yeah oh he's brilliant he's a powerhouse he's just he's such a presence mm. and you really buy him as this great kind of gravelly mean, voice yeah kind of unstoppable super intelligent crafty guy um and he's built as well like he's yeah. a hench dude he really sells it but i think also like in a dialogue he doesn't have that much dialogue in, in no. the movie but what he does have you can hear he's got that gravelly voice as you've mentioned but he's he's quite I don't know, he's, he has a, like a sadness to like, oh, the way yeah. he's talking and stuff. And it just works, I think, in this movie. It just, kind of, it just it's very, it's a fine line and the, the second movie just falls completely off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is probably quite easy to do, but it's, it's um, props to this movie for, yeah. for getting it right in a movie that's a bit weird. You're right. It is an absolute tightrope, but they just fall on yeah. just the right side. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, I consider this to be quite a standard kind of mainstream horror movie in a lot of ways, but it goes to some pretty dark places for this type of film. And it kind of surprises me that it's a 15 certificate in the UK because like this is the sort of thing that would have been banned if it had come out in the 80s, you know? This has the kind of woman in a harness being forcibly impregnated. That's pure video nasty. Yeah. And it's wild to think that Actually, now that's just something teenagers can see. You're 15 year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's mad. Yeah, it's crazy. I think that is the most visually unpleasant thing in the movie. But aside from that, it wasn't as brutal as I thought that it was. See, I, I think I disagree with you because this is like the third or fourth time I've seen it. Mm. And every time he takes the scissors to her trousers at yeah. her crotch area. Yeah. It makes me so deeply uncomfortable. And I know what happens. I know how it plays out. I know she isn't harmed in that scenario. But just the vulnerability, being in that position, not knowing exactly what's going to happen. You're in this situation with what appears to be a madman who's tied you up. That is so terrifying to me. Yeah, that was... um awful like that whole scene with the the baster and she was tied up and stuff that was really um difficult to watch mm. when i say it wasn't as brutal as i remember what i mean is not as graphic not as graphic i thought that there was way more blood in this movie yeah but i think what it was and it's a testament to the film is that that one kind of scene that we've just been talking about kind of colored my memory of the movie thinking yeah. that it was all really dark and brutal but it's actually not it's tense and there are some brutal bits in it, but that one scene I think is what maybe stood out to me and made me remember it slightly mm. differently. Well, that's the case with a lot of horror movies that are bordering on being bloodless. An example that's often referenced is like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for example. Mm. There's mm. barely any blood or gore in that, yeah. but it's all the power of suggestion. And I think you're 
your imagination just fills in the blanks. Yeah. So that's probably what happened here. It, I think it almost certainly is what happened yeah. here as well. And I think it's a smart move because you, you don't want to, you don't want it to turn into like a human centipede. No, or, I think. Or any think, other, like a host, like a, is it hostels? Yeah, the, like the, the, a, a torture porn yeah, and stuff like, like that. You don't want it to be violence for violence. So yeah. you want it to be effective when you see it. Absolutely. I think holding back is yeah. the, the right move almost I, every time. I think from a storytelling perspective, that's what I prefer. Mm-hmm. But like also from a business perspective, it probably works better because if they had a lot of blood and guts in this movie, along with the, the jizz scenes, this would have easily been an 18. And as you yeah. said, banned if it had come out in the 80s. And also it makes it more expensive to shoot probably a lengthier shoot because they would have to do cleanup and keep redoing stuff and it just extends the whole process so for many reasons i just think it's the wise choice yeah what you don't see but what you imagine is always scarier than what you see yeah always yeah i do remember when this film came out actually and there was um dan Harmon tweeted i did look for it but i couldn't find it so i don't know if he's deleted it i just remember seeing dan Harmon tweet about this film and i it's this isn't verbatim but it was just like just saw don't breathe Really scary, very tense. More semen than I anticipated. (laughs) (laughs) So if that isn't like the most pitch perfect way to sum up this film. Spoiler though. Yeah. But I I did read some trivia that it was disturbingly vague. (laughs) Um, Because the trivia just said for the fake, well, for the semen director, Fede Alvarez used what the X-rated movie industry uses. And I'm just like, so semen? semen? (laughs) Like they didn't elaborate, so a I'm just like, of cheers. what? <laughs> um, Is it the crew just standing around? Like, <laughs> oh God! I got to stay late tonight, lads. Dealing with the boredom somehow. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, Stephen Lang is such a sport for like, yeah. I, well, because the the bit where she sort of, I don't know how to phrase this delicately, <laughs> where she ends up being freed from the harness Mm. and rather than just running away and escaping she sees an opportunity to kind of get her own back a little bit and shoves the turkey baster in his mouth i loved that i thought that was great yeah yeah that was a really good visual as well just to see it like i was like oh my god it was horrible disgusting disturbing it's like you're fucking right you're gonna get your own (laughs) jizz in your mouth you dirty old bastard um (laughs) that was a uh, a suggestion on a day, I think. That wasn't scripted, was it? I don't think it was scripted. Okay. I'm pretty sure on a commentary, Alvarez said it was Jane's suggestion. Okay. And Lang was like, yeah, I'm correct. <laughs> oh, Do he's it. such a dude. Yeah. Um, I, so my theory, I think it was always supposed to happen, but they removed it from the script because it would have been too hard to sell. And then on the day they went, <laughs> <Yeah>. what if? <laughs> yeah you're right they've already paid for 85 yeah. by that point oh we'll just shoot it we don't we don't we don't have to use it we'll just shoot it and then gets the editing room and he's just like no we'll just leave it in this in this first in the rough cut that's how i would have played it anyway. yeah um but yeah that is truly grim mm. it's just that whole sequence is probably the least like the most uneasy i've felt and in, in a modern horror film for a long time. Probably like I, second time I've referenced it, this show, but Barbarian kind of came close in terms of how gross it was in places. Yeah. It was a strange movie. It was a very, <laughs> yes. Um, but I think as a, as a horror fan, you get so immune to, yeah. to gore and blood and viscera and nudity. Mm. So it takes a lot to shock 
modern horror audiences, I think. To like, shock and surprise. Yeah, we've yeah. come a long way from people like fainting when they go to see The Exorcist at the cinema. Like, But, you know, modern audiences yeah. have kind of seen it all. To do something that's truly jaw-dropping is not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. And to do something different that, that hasn't been done before as well is, is, yeah. is equally as, as difficult. So Alex and Rocky are both alive at this point. Because they've Alex comes back for Rocky, right? And he, he frees her, yeah. like, like you said, and they tie up Norman, mm-hmm. and then they try and escape, right? Yeah. So Alex has had a bit of a tussle with him upstairs, hasn't he? And trapped the dog in the kitchen, and oh yeah, Norman accidentally, oh yeah, like dog. he thinks he kills Alex, but yeah. in actual fact, he's just stabbed the body of money that was next to him. That's right. Yeah, there's a fake out. So Alex saves the day, comes and rescues her. But while they were trying to escape earlier on in the movie through the basement, Mm -hmm. where they'd drugged the dog, the dog was sitting outside. Apparently you didn't see it, but off screen, the blind man is bringing the dog back into the house. Right. And that's why old boy appears. What was his name? Doggo? The dog? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Poocho? Sure. Toby? (laughs) Yeah, so Toby, Toby appears and... Is chasing. I'm confused. The, so here. The, Can you the help me is, out? I'm, yeah, the dog is chasing Alex. Alex kind of hides behind the door. The dog shoots the dog, Alex. No, it, the dog is chasing Alex. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> he runs back into. I don't know if it's the kitchen or the laundry room or whatever. Hides behind the door. The dog runs in and he sh- he locks the door. Yeah. And that's the point at which he goes downstairs to rescue oh, Rocky. Got you. Right. Yeah. I'm all over the place here. Yeah. And they they think he's restrained in yeah. the basement. They get up to the front door. Yeah. And as they've just unlocked the door and they realise that Norman's behind them and Norman takes the opportunity to shoot Alex. Yeah. So he's dead boy now. Bye mm-hmm. bye Alex. Yeah. But uh, Rocky escapes she runs she runs away with the bag of money yep um she thinks she's gotten away she's really happy and then dog chases her and basically there's a, they have a face-off in the car they have a cujo moment yeah cujo yeah <laughs> cujo we should have called him cujo right up top <laughs> um three actor dogs played cujo are you giving me trivia for a film we're not covering no uh, i three actor dogs played cujo this dog who's not really called cujo right <laughs> calling him Cujo for the sake of this so it's three different dogs three different dogs yeah but yeah so Cujo tracks down Rocky who's trying to get away in a car yeah it's it was at this point that I think I lost sympathy for her because she punched the dog and that made me sad I mean if you've got to punch a dog that's that's going to bite your face off then you got to do it um what annoyed me is just she just keeps going back for the money that's ultimately what gets her caught again. It is, but I guess in her mind, it's like it is. It's, doesn't want it to all be in vain. Well, yeah, that, and also, I think I get the impression that she sort of feels like life isn't worth living unless she can escape anyway. Yeah, I guess so. Well, she's got that motivation to save yeah. her sister, so yeah, you're probably right. Oh, it's fine, um, <laughs> but she gets dragged back, doesn't she? After cleverly trapping a dog in a car with mm-hmm. her, like a pulley system yeah she goes all home alone on that dog yeah but then she gets out the door and immediately blind man just just clumps her and then it does a full circle this is the start of the movie do you remember yep. guys at the start of the film when you saw norman <laughs> dragging a human you forgot about that didn't you well it's now it's here it's now uh, and i did really in, i did really enjoy that aerial shot right yeah, at the start that, though that, i guess it was a drone shot that kind yeah. of just went came down and yeah i enjoyed that too yeah and then she's so she's back in the house and basically she's 
sets off the alarm, right? Yeah. Can I be honest about something? Yeah. I do like this movie. I enjoy it quite a bit. I have issues with it. But at the point at which he drags her back into the house, I'm just like, oh, God, more. It's 90 minutes and it could have still been a little bit shorter, I feel. Yeah. Is that a fair criticism or am I just being nitpicky? Um, yeah, no, I think I agree with that. I think if she'd have just got away in the car, that's that's enough. You don't need this extra because it's not like a, an awful lot happens. No. She gets dragged back in, like we say, she switch, she sets the alarm off. Mm-hmm. And then she, I can't remember exactly how she does it, but she basically just gets out again, right? Does she set fire to the place or something? Is there a fire? God, I don't remember this movie <laughs> at all. Well, she she escapes again, and then we get kind of that very brief flash forward where she's in some sort of either airport or train station with her little sister. Yeah, and then she sees on the news that Norman survived. Yeah, the, the, I remember the the final scene at the train station. Norman survived. He's on the news. Nothing's reported stolen. Mm-hmm. I guess he just doesn't want any more investigations. He just wants, no, no everything's fine. Well, yeah, Don't he doesn't downstairs. want anybody digging up his basement, does <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. But apparently they had shot a scene where he, Norman is in the train station with her. Oh. Like you, you see her and her, and her sister leaving but you also see that the blind man's following them oh i don't um, like that i'm glad nah, they didn't go with that Nah, it's not necessary is it it's it's sequel baity and i mean even the the ending that we got is still clear sequel bait yeah but it's more subtle but it's yeah it's not as obnoxious as that would have been it's like it, it could it could happen it, it might not happen if you yeah if he's in the train station you're kind of promising something there i think yeah um but it was not the sequel what happened anyway so no. it doesn't really matter yeah well in the original draft um rocky wasn't actually supposed to make it out of the house at all mm, they all were going to die yeah but okay. apparently um people Did, felt like it was just too downbeat of an ending didn't test so, well no ethel was furious <laughs> yeah I, I <laughs> i'd mean, love to have been in the test audience for this movie <laughs> that multiple choice question do you think we should leave the gist scene in? Yes or no? <laughs> Do you think there should be A, less semen, B, more semen, or C, this is the exact right amount of semen? <laughs> Here are three specimens of semen, A, B, or C. Judge by the amount of cloudiness. How much cloudiness of semen do you think is appropriate for this movie? Do you agree that we should have added the hair? <laughs> <laughs> what colour pew should we use? <laughs> Oh, horrendous. Awful. Yeah. And that just, that image of when he's walking slowly with it and it's just dripping off. (laughs) It's funny though, isn't it? That that is the thing that tips us into revulsion. Mm, Like the the violence and the blood is kind of par for the course, but it's the other bodily fluid that really turns our stomachs. What does that say about us as people? I don't know. I guess we're just not used to it as much. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Uh, it's I don't know it's um, it's a weird one it's slimy and horrible and it's just just disgusting I don't know you don't see it very much so you're not as desensitized to it I guess yeah I saying. think that's probably it yeah. yeah yeah apparently this film was supposed to be titled A Man in the Dark mm. which I hate I don't love oh, Don't like Breathe a- as a title but I prefer it to A Man in the Dark I don't mind it I think I don't I, A Man in the Dark A Man in the Dark I think it's quite pleasant to say do you what I mean Don't Breathe I guess you know, hold your breath because he might hear you. That's what they're saying with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I prefer Don't Breath. Don't Breath. Yeah. <laughs> don't Breath is the better title. And also A Man in the Dark just sounds a bit more generic because we've already got like Cry in the Dark, A Blade in the Dark. Like there's so many films that follow that pattern already. Yeah. So Don't Breathe is the better better title. Yeah, it works. Um, And that's about all I've got to say. How yeah. about you? Yeah, me too. So it, it's kind of difficult to talk about this in as a direct comparison to many of the other films that we've talked about so far. Mm. Because to me, horror is sort of, I don't know, it's, diff- it's, diff- it's really hard to talk about and compare to films of other genres, I feel. Okay. I think horror audiences are a bit more forgiving. I think they're very passionate and borderline obsessive in a lot of cases. So it's really it's really difficult to talk about this like in the context of films as a wider picture, mm. I think. Okay. But I think in terms of horror, this is a good one. Mm. It's very tense. Um, I have no idea what the budget was, but I'm guessing it wasn't huge. Ten, ten million, I think it was. Right. Yeah. Especially if they filmed overseas, I'm mm. guessing they had to cut some corners. But I think they do a really good job with yeah. what they've got. I still, in terms of Fede Alvarez, I still prefer Evil Dead to mm. this. But yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what he does next. See I, what he does with the Alien franchise. I think Alien Romulus is my favourite Fede Alvarez <laughs> project. Yeah, no, I prefer Evil Dead as well. But um, okay. that was a surprise, a really surprisingly good movie. And I think this is pretty good. It's yeah. it's, a, it's an entertaining movie, quite memorable, has some good scenes. It's shot really well. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some craft and a lot of talent. And it's a, some uh, bold ideas. Some bold ideas, <laughs> and I thought it was ended up being a pretty solid horror film. Yeah, pretty entertaining. I've seen it twice now, or two or three times really, if you count the when I watched the commentary. And I still don't know what happened in the movie, <laughs> um, but I think I'm done with Don't Breathe for a little while. Yeah, it'd be a good five years before I'll be like, should we watch that Turkey based jizz movie? <laughs> and you'd be like, what? Don't breath. Yeah, like, yeah, that one. So yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. It's a, pretty, it's a solid, entertaining movie. Um, are we done then with Don't Breath? Yeah. Shall we announce what's coming up next week? Sure. So next week, episode four, continuing criminals. We're doing Michael Mann's Thief. Yeah, with, I'm so excited with James Khan. It's going to be interesting to watch that and talk about it for the podcast. I've only seen it once, relatively recently. Mm, same. And it's an interesting movie. Yeah, I loved it. Spoilers. There's, yeah, there's a lot to potentially talk about mm-hmm. in that film. So yeah, next week, Thief. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can stay up to date with us on Twitter, Instagram or TikTok at STH underscore pod or support us on Patreon. Everything will be linked in the description.